This is The Space Shot, episode 352 for May 1st, 2018. Landing a Falcon. I'm John Mulnix. We are two weeks away from the one-year anniversary of this podcast, and I'm thankful for everyone that listens in each day. I've got some exciting episodes coming up. Conversations with additive manufacturers, educators, writers, scientists, and more. Season 2 is going to be an awesome ride, and I'm glad all of you are here for it. Now, let's get to the show. On May 1st, 2017, SpaceX launched a Falcon 9 rocket that was carrying the NROL-76 payload for the U.S. National Reconnaissance Office. The classified payloads aren't disclosed, so there's not much information to give about this payload, so we're going to talk about the landing instead. Reusability is central to SpaceX's plans. Before the Falcon 9 could land, the technologies needed to accomplish this incredible feat had to be developed, tested, tested some more, and then tested again. Wash, rinse, repeat on that process. The Grasshopper was the development vehicle that was used by SpaceX to test the process of eventually landing a larger vehicle like the Falcon 9 after it returns from space. While Grasshopper flew to a maximum altitude of 744 meters on its last flight, its first was just a short hop. As SpaceX put it, quote, the short hop of approximately six feet is the first major milestone for Grasshopper, and a critical first step towards a reusable first stage for SpaceX's proven Falcon 9 rocket. That was in September of 2012. There's a lot of videos I'm going to be linking to today in the show notes. The drone footage of the 744-meter test flight is fantastic to watch. That flight was back in 2013, just to give you a little bit of a timeline for how things progressed with landing for the company. Over the following years, SpaceX refined the vehicle and the processes for vertical takeoff and landing flight with Grasshopper. Eventually, SpaceX moved on to larger and more complex vehicles. The F-9R flew five times, but its last flight wasn't successful. The footage from this failed test is in the video, How Not to Land an Orbital Rocket Booster. SpaceX moved on to testing soft ocean landings during their actual missions. During these flights, the boosters would have otherwise been expended, so SpaceX decided to get some valuable information from these tests. On September 29, 2013, SpaceX launched Cassiope and attempted the first of many ocean landings that provided valuable information on re-entry and landing. This launch in 2013 was the first flight of the Falcon 9 version 1.1 variant of the launch vehicle. This design included the now standard OctaWeb engine arrangement. After September 29th of 2013, there were numerous attempts at soft ocean landings and drone ship landings before there was a successful touchdown of the Falcon 9. On December 21st, 2015, SpaceX stuck the landing at Landing Zone 1 at Cape Canaveral. This was a historic first for SpaceX and was the first of many steps towards reusability. I remember watching that landing live, and I'm pretty sure I cheered just as loud as everybody else when it touched down. 
On May 6, 2016, SpaceX followed up on the success of that first landing at Landing Zone 1 by sticking a landing on the drone ship, Of Course I Still Love You. Many of the attempts at landing on the autonomous drone ships ended in spectacular explosions. While the rockets may have been lost at landing, they weren't failures, though, because each new attempt allowed SpaceX to gather more data that was used to be able to refine their technique further. Investigation, iteration, and improvement. SpaceX continues to repeat this cycle for the Falcon 9. This constant cycle has helped the company continue to push the boundaries of what's possible with launch vehicle technology. Check out the video I mentioned earlier, How Not to Land an Orbital Rocket Booster, for videos of the landing attempts that SpaceX has made over the past couple of years. Their tenacity has paid off. 24 of 30 Falcon 9 first stage boosters have been landed at landing zones 1 and 2, as well as on the two drone ships, Of Course I Still Love You, and Just Read the Instructions. So far, they've been able to refly 11 boosters. Of those missions, six of those boosters were landed again. The other boosters were expended per the mission requirements for that flight or because SpaceX wanted to perform tests on new landing techniques. That last fact brings us to an improbable piece of news from a few months back. While testing a high-thrust landing during the GovSat-1 mission in January of this year, a Falcon 9 managed to soft land on the ocean without exploding. I'm linking to a picture of this landed Falcon 9 just floating in the ocean. It's a wild thing to have happened. The rocket was buoyant enough that after successfully testing a, quote, very high retrothrust landing in water, it somehow managed not to explode or sink. Contrary to what you may have heard, the booster was not destroyed by a missile strike by the United States Air Force. From what I can tell, a private company was hired to scuttle the rocket, as it were. A very unique ending for a rocket that's proving to be incredibly capable. In February of 2018, SpaceX set another milestone for reusability, the simultaneous landing of two Falcon 9 boosters during the launch of the Falcon Heavy. These boosters came back at the same time to landing zones 1 and 2. I was watching this launch on the webcast as it happened, and I still get goosebumps thinking back to that day. Watching one rocket come back is incredible. Seeing two come in at the same time, and touching down within seconds of each other, is unreal. I'm looking forward to the next Falcon Heavy launch, and I'm hoping I get to be out there for it this time. The next SpaceX launch is slated to take place no earlier than May 7th. This is one launch you're not going to want to miss, since it's the first flight of the Block 5 variant of the booster. The Block 5 is designed for rapid reusability, and has improvements like titanium grid fins that don't require extensive maintenance between flights. SpaceX also improved performance across the board, and they're ensuring that this version of the Falcon 9 is certified to fly humans in preparation for the commercial crew flights starting later this year or early 2019. It's been almost seven years since humans launched into space from the United States, a gap that's longer than the one between the final Apollo flight and the first shuttle launch. I'm sure all of you are ready to see more humans launching into space than there have been the past few years, and they'll be launching from U.S. soil on a rocket that can come back and land. Tomorrow, 
the first flight of Endeavor. I hope all of you have a fantastic rest of your day. I appreciate each and every one of you that listen to the podcast every day. I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share the podcast with your friends and family. Tag one of them and let them know about your favorite episode. I'd also really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. A steady stream of reviews helps ensure The Space Shot is more visible in the Apple Podcasts app. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot or check out the links in the show notes and you'll find me. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.